Welcome to the Ball Rock Pill Show. I'm your host, Coach Karan Godwin, founder of BallHogGloves.com. My co-host, Stephen Bartle, Fox Sports basketball analyst. How you doing today, Stephen? Doing great. Karan, how about yourself? I'm doing great, and I have a great question for you. And I'm hoping that I can, I can uh, trip you up a little bit. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a question about the top five earners of all time in NBA history. Okay. And when you think about this, don't just think about contracts because the contracts are crazy right now, but those guys haven't fulfilled their contract. So sure. they went, So Steph Curry wouldn't actually be in this category because he's probably in the first or second year of the $250 million, whatever it is. So who would be number one on the list? Who's the top earner of all time? I'm talking about, you know, the contracts are already done. It's in the books. Who would be number one? I think yeah. it's Chris Webber. Oh, Okay. Chris Webber. Mm-hmm. The answer to that is Kevin Garnett. He's Kevin Garnett, uh, $334 million. He is number one on the list. Okay. Uh, Chris Webber is not in the top five, so I'm, I'm going to give you another shot at it. Uh, Jawan Howard. Jawan Howard, not on the list as well. Wow. So I got to read it to you. Okay. Number one is Kevin Garnett. Number two, in there. Yep. number two is Kobe Bryant coming in at 323. Wow. Okay. Number three is Shaquille O'Neal. All right. 286. Okay. Number four is Dirk Nowitzki at 246. Oh, wow. Okay. Five would be Tim Duncan at 240. Okay. And LeBron James would, would round that out at number six. Carmelo Anthony's number seven. Uh, Joe Johnson, number eight. Chris Boss, number nine, and that top ten would be Dwight Howard. He makes Chris his Boss is yeah. it number nine? Yeah, you remember he got a, a huge uh, contract from Miami, so he's $212 million. Woo. So, You know, these guys are making a lot of money, and I'm going to go with, you know, somebody that impresses me on this list. It uh, goes without saying LeBron James. We'll probably talk about him a little bit later. But uh, Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, he's a guy that once I started to look into his business and, and found a couple of interviews of, of how he built his empire, what really stood out to me is that he built it with the actual team. So mm. he took a group of guys that were already in the marketing, already in the field. Uh, he chose two of them. He gave them six-figure salaries, and he employed them through Shaq, Inc. Okay. And their only job is to get him uh, placements and, and bring income and uh, and basically use his branding to actually bring him more money, especially, you know, now that he's not playing anymore. And okay. his philosophy was real simple. He was like, I'm a happy guy. I'm a fun guy. Let's find brands that are willing to align with, with myself. And he has his uncle watch them. So his uncle watches these two gentlemen, and that's Shaq, Inc. And I was very impressed by that because, as, as you see, you always see him on television. He's still in commercials, you know. Um, and he's still making a ton of money. Yes, so, he is. Yeah, so that's very impressive. Who who on that list, that top ten, impressed you outside of LeBron James? Um, obviously Kobe Bryant to me because uh, Kobe's done a lot of things overseas. Uh, he, he's truly a, a world citizen in my view, Karan, because uh, you know obviously he grew up in some of his formative years in Italy, where his father. Uh, uh, Jelly Bean Bryant uh, played professionally. And so he got some different exposure and he's got controlling interest, I believe, in 
a professional team in Italy. Um, he's working to get um, some interest in European soccer team, one of the leagues up there, whether it's Premier League or the Spanish ACB, uh, which would be a huge investment. And he's also done some things where he's won an award for his animated series. So he's kind of taking a page out of what it appears to me like Steve Nash has done and a, sort of a page of kind of what Sha uh, Shaquille O'Neal has done in terms of being aggressive. But he's done, done it in his own way. He's done it quietly, which I like. I like to see businessmen that move quietly. And, I, you know, he, he's one that really impresses me on that list. What about you? I know you like – you like LeBron James. Is there anybody else outside of Shaq and LeBron that interest you know that you feel they've done pretty well with in terms of their money? Um, it's a lot of players. I would say that's even outside of that top ten. Um, obviously, uh, these are the players that, for lack of a better term, may have been lucky as far as the timing. Because whenever you talk about contracts, uh, timing is everything. There are some people that signed some enormous contracts just because that year. A lot of NBA teams had the money available and they were a hot commodity or they just had to give a max deal out. You know, case in point, this year, uh, a lot of teams don't have the money. So a lot of people were signing deals that they normally wouldn't sign. A guy like Clint Capella, who was considered a max guy, you know, he had to take less because there weren't other competing teams that would allow him or give him leverage with the Houston Rockets. So instead of getting the $30 million plus, you know, he had to sign for, for 20, I think 24 million or so. It's somewhere around that, that number a year. Um, guys that impress me just overall, overall are guys that can really utilize the leverage of their celebrity of that time. So guys like, you know, to go outside of basketball, a guy like Kevin Hart, who you right. see, he's really squeezing that, that limit. He's getting as much juice as possible you know, out of that, out of his situation while he's on top. LeBron James, of course, uh, what he's doing as an executive and moving to Hollywood and already signing deals with HBO. Um, guys like Dwayne Wade that are actually at the end of his career, but he still has a name. He still has a strong brand. Uh, he signed with a Chinese company for a sneaker deal, and now he's thinking about utilizing his platform and all the billions of people in China that loved the game and taking his talent over to China. And it's something that Stephon Marbury did that, you know, turned out being just a great move. You know, he has a statue out there. He's making tons of money. And I think that Dwayne Wade at this point in his career, just knowing that he has two or three years left, this would be an awesome move for him. What are you thinking about Dwayne Wade and, and that move to China? Would you think a good move is something that you would do? Uh, I think individually, but before he was married, I think that Dwayne Wade might have made that move um, because we as men uh, in the back end of your career can, can kind of see the bridge uh, that you need to make in order to make that smooth transition. So I think that uh, Dwayne Wade can see the opportunity there. His wife, however, uh, with her own um, acting career, and business interests in the state may not vibe uh, with that. Uh, I heard a rumor that he may not be going over there. I think he must have made a statement that he's not going to take the opportunity in China. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it would have been something, Karan, where it would have opened him up to a whole different business sector. 
I know he's been over there for Lee Name, that shoe company that mm -hmm. signed him. I know he's been over there. But to be immersed in the country, to be on the ground, to start to make those relationships, I think would have been a huge come up for him. Um, but I think I, I, I recall, Karan, there was a statement made by Pat Riley. It might have been after the first championship the Heat won with Dwayne Wade. And Pat Riley's thing was leave something on the table because it seemed as though uh, Dwayne Wade was taking advantage of every business opportunity that came his way. He was trying to take advantage of it. And Pat Riley made a statement that he said he'd like to see Dwayne leave something on the table. And to me, that's so short-sighted for a guy like Pat Riley, who used to be a former player, who's, who was a former coach, now that's in the front office. He understands how short these careers are. Yes. You know, you have to maximize what you have, Karan. Yeah. Why? I, mean, I, I mean, I remember, I mean, I'm no way in the same stratosphere as Dwayne Wade, but when I was playing professionally, people would pick up the phone call, my phone. You know, they would pick up my call. When you stop playing, they don't pick up your call. And so you got to get it while you can. So I applaud Dwayne Wade for what he's been able to accomplish. And with that being said, uh, I think you're talking about, you know, being selfish versus being selfless in this situation. Um, just, you know, being a businessman myself, I always look at business as a marketplace, like you just said. And when you're hot, you're hot. And when you're not, you're not. And you have to take advantage of, of these situations. I know a lot of these NBA players, uh, they, they come to a crossroads where, where is it about winning or is it about you getting paid? And I understand that, that people want to win. And I also understand that people want to take care of their families with generational wealth. Uh, I look at a guy like Trevor Ariza that already won a championship. And um, Phoenix threw a, a pretty large bag at him. And he took it and he ran with it. You know, and a lot of people are like, oh, I got an opportunity to win with Houston. You were, you were right there. Chris Paul didn't get hurt. But I think that he's looking at the fact that, you know, this is a great opportunity for him and his family to secure, you know, a huge contract, one-year contract, uh, much like, you know, J.J. Redick did when he, when he took it, when he left the Clippers and took advantage of that uh, $20 million-plus offer from Philadelphia. And it actually ended up working for him because they, they actually um, did well that year. But where do you align? versus the money versus winning? And I'm going to ask you this question from a player that never won a championship, and then I'm going to ask you that question from a player that already won a championship. So if you never won a championship and you have the opportunity to actually make a lot of money or take less for winning, is that something you align yourself with? Yeah, I think, Karan, see, the, the thing is that guys don't really understand how valuable a championship ring is to your future in terms of off the court. Like it's valuable on the court, but off the court, man, when you're NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball champion, there are so many organizations that want to align with champions. They want to be associated with championship mentality, uh, with championship medal, meaning character. Uh, and so I think for guys who haven't won a title, ask Charles Barkley. You know, they still ride him. Yeah. He's had one of the most successful broadcasting careers, commentating careers of anybody, any former player ever. But he still gets dogged to this day for not winning a ring. And so I think that that ring is, is so important moving forward after a player's career is over. I think it, it gives you credibility while you're playing. But 
it, afterwards, man, it, it's incredible. So I would say that for a player that hasn't won a championship, it, it's a little bit more important. If you take a little bit less money, hopefully the, the offers are comparable. You know, they're two, three million dollars, maybe five million dollars. They're, they're usually not, though. <laughs> David, yeah, that's David, true. David West, uh, mm-hmm. Boogie Cousins. You know, it's the difference between, you know, 30 million and, and five. Yeah. Or great point. West, 20 million and, and one. Yeah, great <laughs> point. And I think that, you know, this speaks, uh, Karan, the guys being able to take care of their money because now they're able to make decisions that aren't just solely based on money. But David West, Boogie Cousins, these guys understand how important that ring is. Yeah. You know? And I think that that's, that's interesting. As opposed to a guy like Joe Johnson, who's on your top 10 list who hasn't won anywhere. It, it, wherever Joe Johnson has been, the team has not won. And I liked his game. I think, you know, he's at the twilight of his career. I was a big Joe Johnson fan when he was in Phoenix with Steve Nash. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they were really, really on the cusp of doing something uh, very special, but he wasn't able to break through. And so I think Joe Johnson has been that guy that's like, man, give me the bag. I'll, I'll play for a championship, but I need that bag. And I think that that's kind of the difference in my eyes. What so about you? Would you rather be Joe Johnson or Rajon Rondo? Rajon Rondo all day long. Okay. Because Joe Johnson has the money and he's got, um, you know, he's in that top 10. So hopefully he's got generational wealth that he's taken care of. But Rajon Rondo is already into a, a, a burgeoning commentating career that he'll be able to do the rest of his life and he'll also be able to uh, parlay some of those things because didn't Rajon get a, a championship with the Spurs? No, the Boston Celtics. Oh, I'm, I'm thinking Rajon Bell, not Rajon, Rajon Rondo. I, I got you. Yeah, I'd, I'd much rather be Rondo because I know Rondo personally. I had a chance to talk to him uh, recently. And uh, I love the dude. So I'd rather be Rondo than Joe Johnson all day long. Okay. What about you? Good stuff. Uh, for me, I think it, it all depends on your business acumen. Uh, the, the game, the NBA game of basketball is for entertainment. I mean, let's, let's cut it and slice it the way this thing is built. If, if you want to play for the love of the game, you, you pick up a basketball and, and you go to the Rucker Park. You know, you you go play in the Drew League. You know, you do that. But when you come into this business known as the National Basketball Association, this is entertainment. And all the rules and regulations are built for you to entertain. That's the reason why you can't hand check. That's mm. the reason why they took the physicality out of the game. Because they want the consumer to enjoy this experience. Um, if I'm going to to play back-to-back games, four games in five days, I mean, you're, you're literally traveling just like, you know, the Ringling Brothers, if not more. That's you true. know, you're going from city to city, place to place. Um, an injury can occur at any time. In which that situation, if that occurs and you're at the end of the contract, you're not in a good situation. I mean, just, just look, at, look at Isaiah Thomas. Oh, wow. I mean, look, look, look at what he brought, the eyeballs he brought to the NBA and – I mean, the, the guy was just magnificent, you know, like borderline MVP votes, like just two years ago. Yeah, he was third MVP voting, you're right. And he just signed a $1 million deal? 
or Denver, which is 500,000 you take out of taxes. Yeah. So for me, I, I would say, you know, this game is set up for a reason to be a billion dollar entity <laughs> and you have to get your piece of the pie. And if you have that, if you have business acumen, I, I would much rather have $230 million <laughs> than, <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you, than the championships. The championships are great, don't get me wrong, but there are guys like Jerry Stackhouse, that there are guys out there that actually don't have that and they're doing quite well because um, business is business and it's really about what you invest into. Now, I think what you're talking about is personal branding and making money off your personal brand. Yes. Of course, when you have championships, that's great. You know, that's awesome. You know, I'm sure that, that Robert Ori can, can go on a speaking tour, you know, name the big shot. I'm sure he can, you know. But the opportunity to secure over $200 million for your family, whoo! I mean, it's, it's hard to mess that up. You know, you have a business manager, you have things in place, and some people have messed it up. But um, I, I think that I, I would go along along those lines. <laughs> yeah, you'd be happy to be Joe Johnson, huh? Oh, man, without a doubt. Because it, and not only that, because, um, you know, just having the, the altruistic goals that I have, mm. um, I can build schools. You know, uh, for me, I think about after, you know, a lot of people have schools like LeBron James has a school called I Promise, which is absolutely tremendous. Uh, everyone that goes to that school gets a scholarship to Akron. Uh, what, he, what he's doing for that community and those kids is just tremendous. And I'm just thinking about being in that position and, and with that type of wealth. A guy like myself, when I really analyze the impact that I, that I can have, I would mm -hmm. want an after-school program. Because a lot of times, you know, when you're in school, those school hours, a lot of the, 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 the gang activity, the drugs and all that that you're competing with happens after 3 p.m. You know, when you're walking home from school, when, uh, when someone recruits you to do this or do that, and now you have a decision to make um, after school program in which you can go in these inner cities and they can have outlets such as basketball, such as entertainment, such as a music studio, such as a, a videography course. You know what I'm saying? Something that you can do after school that can really impact lives of these kids in the inner city. So I feel like I could do so much more than with that 200 and something million, then kind of rolling the dice and just ended up in a situation where you never got your just due. Mm. You know? And now, now, now you're one of those guys that are hopping around from team to team on the million dollar contract, you know? So, yeah. um, you know, but like you said, if you took care of your money, a guy like David West, which it looks like he did, you know, it, you can probably, uh, you know, take that ring and, and be able to do a lot with that as well. So, um, you know, uh, w w what's your take on the, the latest LeBron James? I know we talk about him all the time. You know, he's absolutely just – I think he took the bar and he just threw it, you know. Uh, it's funny because a lot of people always compare him to Michael Jordan on the court, but the off-the-court things that he's doing is being brought into conversation of him being the greatest ever now. Because they're, they're saying that he's, he not only did it on the court, but the impact that he's making in generations and changing their mindset. I mean, the next guy that, that takes his mantle has to be about the people, has to give back now. There's no way about it, you know. He actually took the bar and he said, look, give back to the community. Do things outside of basketball. You know, he's an executive producer now. Uh, utilize your platform and your name to empower, you know, people all over the world. What, what are your thoughts? You know, Karan, obviously everything you said about what he's doing with his school and how he's helped 
uh, residents in his hometown of Akron uh, get, you know, hopefully get a leg up. Here's the thing that nobody's really talking about, though. The, you, you, well, you touched on it. The executive producer of his um, production company, LeBron is changing the way people view things worldwide. So this next, this, this um, best shot show that was released on YouTube yes. was an outstanding uh, breakdown following a high school team in New Jersey and some of the things around it. Those are the stories that if LeBron James is not doing it, uh, it may not get told quite the way that it was told. They may not be able to attract a Jay Williams, who is a New Jersey native, yes. to be a part of that. They, and the fact that um, Jay w Williams was able to use his connections at Duke to get these guys a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. This uh, documentary that LeBron James and Mav Carter are coming out with about the NCAA is going to be powerful. Young people connect with LeBron James. He's real. Um, he gives back. And the products that are coming out, the, uh, the uh, programming that he's putting out is so different that it, I think people are really thirsty for that type of programming. And he's going to affect the way people think moving forward a, a great deal more than I think people are even recognizing right now. Would you agree with that, or are there? Oh yeah, I definitely agree. Um, the best shot was filmed uh, not too far from where I grew up in New Jersey, from Roselle uh, Central uh, High School. The team that was detailed was actually in our conference. It's a team mm -hmm. that we played twice a year. Uh, it was always a sad situation because there are tons of athletes in the city of North, which is the largest city in New Jersey. But they, at that time, they just didn't have uh, the structure or the coaching. Obviously, they have a great coach now, and uh, we used to beat them pretty bad. And it wasn't because we were that much better. It's just because they didn't have the resources that, that we have in Roselle. So it's one of those situations where I'm glad to, to see that, you know, people are stepping up in the city of Newark and in my hometown area and that these stories are being told. Um, the, watching these kids and what they have to go through every day, I like how the camera followed them off the court. Like the camera followed them walking home through the hood. You know, and when you when you're watching it, you, you're not seeing Marshalls, you're not seeing stores, you're not you're seeing you know liquor stores in the background, some churches, some chicken shacks. Uh, you're seeing them have to to go through gang infested territory, you know, and and you're seeing them making life decisions that kids shouldn't have to make. I mean, one one guy has his own apartment, you know, and he's working part time to actually you know be able to pay for that every day. You see one guy that's being pushed around from house to house. And these stories are very important. And like you said, with LeBron James attaching his name to it, uh, the marketing and exposure itself uh, really has people thinking about, you know, what we need to do in this country to help the disenfranchised and people that are underserved. So I, I'm, I'm just glad that he's doing that and using his platform and brand. Uh, and I think that's, that's a great segue to what we're doing, Stephen. Uh, we have our own show coming called America Loves Food and Sports, which by the time this podcast airs, will actually be up and running. Uh, I'm the executive producer. Uh, you're the host. Uh, what, what are some of your thoughts on, on our show so far? Man, listen, I'm having so much fun with this, man. And, um, you know, I'm getting out of sort of my comfort zone, which I love to do as a player. 
you know, we, Karan, you and I, we don't mind getting outside of our comfort zone, trying something new, expanding our mind, expanding our brand, uh, quite honestly. And, you know, I tip my hat to you because this was your idea. And I was a little, at first, I was like, man, I don't know if this is going to work. But then I did the first one. I was like, ooh, this is going to be tight. So, <laughs> so I'm, you know, I'm excited about it, man. I think that, uh, you know, hopefully, Karan, we can be an example to a lot of people um, that partnerships are really important uh, to build. We can all stay in our own silos, but we can really be great when we partner up with like-minded people and people who don't mind working. And so, you know, I'm really excited about it. And I just hope that uh, everybody gets a chance to see it and is excited about it as we are. Yeah. What, I, what are your thoughts on it? I, I, it's awesome for me. Uh, you, you and I are about 10 or 12 years, years apart, uh, but we had the same mindset. And I think that we're, we're able to just bounce different ideas off each, off each other and utilize our talent and skill sets um, just from, you know, being team players, you know, just our background. And just another example of how you can utilize basketball, because you and I came together through basketball. You know, basketball has a built-in network, you know. We're part of that community. You and I connected, even though we're from different eras. And now we're really coming together with a with a, a different and a new mindset to actually go ahead and and uh, produce our own content and a show like this was just uh, one of the things I wanted to do because I see your talent and you know America does love food and sports I mean they they go hand in hand you know and to be honest, to be honest with you I'm really you know I heard about Chicago food and that's one of the things that's always in, intrigued me. So for me to be able to executive produce this this, this uh, project, uh, even here at home in the D.C. area, you know, I'm I'm looking at the food and I'm just salivating. I'm like, man, this is this is just good stuff, man. We're able to go around to these restaurants to taste the food. How has the food been so far? Man, the food has been better. Believe me, believe it or not, Karan, the food's been better than I expected. Uh, you know, I try. You know, you know me. I'm kind of just. I don't really have a lot of filter. And so when I eat stuff, man, you know, some of the stuff I'm saying, I'm saying like back home, like my people would say down south, like, ooh, you put your foot in that, or man, I gotta loosen up my belt on this one, cause you know, I gotta make some room. I mean, and it's honest feedback because the places that we're going are really good places. And I love the fact that some of them aren't well known yet. And I think that our, what we're doing, the content that we're producing, is going to really help out these restaurants uh, really gain some traction in some areas that they may not have even been focusing on before. And so, you know, for us to be able to do that, to create really interesting content, uh, and to give us something different in our, you know, to give us an additional notch for what we're trying to do, I just think it's a, it's a tremendous thing, and yes, the perks of it, the food is the, the food has been excellent so far. So that's that's a great perk. Well, podcast listeners, another great show. Make sure you check out America Loves Food and Sports, uh, featuring our host Stephen Bardo, executive produced by myself. Uh, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so already, and uh, we're just looking forward to the future. So, as we always say, God first, work until peace.